I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Featured Anime Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I'm Rick. And today we're talking about season two of Tokyo Ghouls. Yes, and it is almost everything I wanted, everything I hoped for. I did choose it because I do enjoy it. It is for lack of a better term, perfect. And um, <laughs> maybe not perfect. I might be exaggerating. Just just a minor amount, but only just a minor a, amount. Just a smidge. <laughs> yeah. Just a tad. Yeah. Now, I, so we left off on quite arguably one of the best fight scenes in anime. Like I've seen it on multiple top 10 lists where you have our main protagonist just Destroyed, physically tortured, going through a mental break, essentially. And through this mental break comes to terms with who he is now. Not who he was, not who he will be, but who he is in this moment in time. And I thought that his hair turning white, his his mental facility, where he's in this field of red, just turning white, it, it signified a change that I thought was absolutely beautiful. I thought it was a white white field turning red it could be it could be it was last season so i don't remember to to bring bring it up um you know what's interesting about those flowers no i just thought they were flowers Uh, it's gonna be a really 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 big stretch okay i mean massive monumental it's like i'm reaching for pluto for pluto all right okay um what if promise neverland oh no (laughs) (laughs) oh dear lord Why'd you got to go there? Because of that flower. Oh, geez. That's that's rough. I'll, okay, continue, because I, I have no I mean, idea where you're going with the it. the but... end result of the ghouls fighting, and they just overtake, and then they evolve, continue oh. to evolve. Oh, that's... Dark turn. Very, but that's amazing fan fiction. Right? Ima- imagine if you had a good writer. Oh! Because that flower is the same flower in The Promised Neverland. I did not make that connection. I could be wrong. I could totally be wrong. I would not be surprised if I was wrong, but I kind of want you to be wrong. But at the same time, I want you to be right. Like (laughs) that's a damn good stretch. So, um, before we continue to get into this, uh, season two, Tokyo ghoul, uh, also known as route a, uh, came out January, 2015, ran all the way through March, uh, 2015, which, actually is not too far off from when season one came out. Season one came out in July, 2014 ran through September. Yeah. When I originally chose this, I honestly thought that season one and season two um, were just season one because it, it does, it does not give you too much time off to think. Right. And uh, the producers for it were marvelous AQL. And uh, studio for it was Studio uh, Periot. Source is a manga, and genres are action, mystery, horror, psychological, supernatural, drama, and uh, sinning. Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, so also in, in, in season two, 
we got a lot of questions answered. Uh, a lot of questions answered from that that were there from leftover from season one, but also you got questions asked and answered almost roughly the same amount of time in season two, which turned out great. I I thought it was wonderful that they actually did that. They didn't just kind of leave it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought that the way they did things was set up in such a manner that the questions you did have were not lingering. And I felt like this season, while the ending is poetic, in my opinion, the ending is sincere. Up until very recently, I thought that was the end of the anime. I thought that it it was meant to be left open in a very satisfactory way. Um, However, it's... I feel like every question we had in season one and every question that followed because of the answers in season two were completed in season two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it, it it felt very, very isolated, if you will. Most of the, I would say not all of them, but most of the answers did, uh, did, uh, get resolved. Um, one of the, one of the ones, and I feel like season two really, really, uh, kind of helped back up one of my theories on it, which is, um, Ken, uh, Kaniki. Mm-hmm. He's just basically one of a series of people that are, are basically kind of like an experiment. And this is like kind of hammered away or, or chiseled at a little bit hinted at, you might say when the twins came up and they also have one eye and they call him call a uh, Kaniki Ken a uh, brother or yeah. And, and the, the doctor in the background says, you know, wants them to basically go and get him. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's still under the assumption and we're still going to call it like it is, is like that Riza is dead. However, um, there's still, I feel like there's still enough room in there that it's not a definitive answer that she's dead, that she's actually still very much alive. Yeah. The way I kind of got it was so just transferring the organs over from a ghoul to a human, I don't think would be enough to turn the human. You'd have to turn the receptors in the lower back. You'd have to transfer that. But I also don't think doing just that would allow for a human to control them. So I, I have a feeling, and I have no basis for this, but I have a feeling that a portion of the brain was also transferred over. And the reason I have this feeling is why else would he have Rizu's like, psyche implanted in him as well? Well, the same could be said for Jason because he had he was also fighting a little bit with Jason's psyche too, and he picked up the the finger cracking from him as well. And I he, just thought that was good. And and it had to do he he ate actually ate him. Yeah, as well. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, he did. But I I just thought that was part of him going crazy. I thought that that was I thought what he did there was the same thing that happened to Jason where they broke him down physically, mentally, emotionally, and built him back up to what he wanted to be. And not really what he wanted to be. He, he, I felt like he broke and by him accepting Ryuzu in his mind and becoming essentially one with her, his mind went from, and you are, if, if memory serves, you are correct. It went from white to red. It went from a pure landscape, a pure innocent landscape to a horrific bloody mess and in order for him to survive what he did is he latched on to a combination of Ryuzu and him he does not want to eat people but he is willing to eat ghouls he has to eat to survive it tastes horrible however 
sustenance. It is something that will keep him going. It is something that will gain him power. He has a, an immense desire to, to, to eat because of her. And he latched on to her personality as well as Jason's personality, which is why he's got the cracking of the fingers and, and whatnot. But it's in my mind, it's just somebody who wanted to become strong. So he latched on and, and copied, if you will, those he saw as str- strong around him. You know what I mean? And who's stronger than the woman who everybody was like, she's stupid strong. And Jason, the one who caught her, you know, if he, I personally think if he would have found the owl and the owl was part of that as well, he might've even taken a, no, no, no. Our main character. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, so the one that they refer to as owl is actually two different people. Um, That's what you got out of that. Well, it is. I thought it was like father, like son kind of thing, like an inherited name. Well, I mean, technically it's like father, like daughter. You know what I mean? Like, but it's passed. Uh, yeah, it's passed down. But, uh, I mean, I, I, I think, uh, and, and they didn't really elaborate on this too. And I think p- part of the problem is, is that we just don't have the uh, fundamental understanding of it. Uh, why Jason's psyche is a part of Kaniki. I think it has to do with the fact that he cannibalized Jason, that he actually ate him because they, they kept heavily, even though they didn't touch on it in a uh, season one, that it was like a really big taboo because basically you saw a couple of different people talk about it or they were going through it and it didn't seem like it was a giant taboo for mm-hmm. a ghoul to cannibalize another ghoul. But in this one, they, they really do heavy, heavy foreshadowing for it and, and talk yeah. really big about how that is a taboo. Yeah. They were, they were super, not only were they super against it, it was very obvious in the in the patterns that they were doing that they're like look this one don't do it two it's it's not looked well upon no matter which way you look at it and that i thought was kind of interesting because if it was such a taboo you would think i don't know me personally it would have been spoken about when he first did it like it only seemed like a taboo when when someone decided to have a a, a taste for that like right. it only beca- it only became a problem when that once they realized oh it wasn't a one off they're actually going after us on purpose right and and what's what's interesting is he, we only know about the one um cannibalistic point so he only cannibalized Jason we don't know yeah. about the others if there are any other but it it's basically such a rare or or monumental or scary thing that it's heavily talked about throughout the the whole season almost just about i feel like that was a very large uh uh a focal point for it yeah i agree it so my question is did it come i'm foggy on the details did it come about organically or did it happen because someone witnessed him doing it i i think it came about organically because every time they talked about it they just said it was a rumor that they heard a rumor that kaniki cannibalized jason that he actually ate jason and and every time it's brought up it's like yeah the rumors are that he's actually been cannibalizing ghouls or he's been doing this and then every time they talk about it i feel like if you cannibalize ghouls i feel like uh what ends up happening is you become a little uh, bit stronger i think you you start going crazy well he already was crazy no i mean like even more so like you start losing more of your your 
grip on sanity because when whenever they were talking about it or whenever someone mentioned it or something like that he would they would show him in a very uh, distressed mental state just about where they would hmm. talk about it in in such a way that was like you aren't going to be you anymore you're you are going to be someone or something else completely if you if you do this or that's how like how they're talking it's like if you continue to do this you're yeah. you're going to in a in a manner of speaking die i could see that but so you know how you in order to use what did they call it the kangi kani the 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 blood abilities let's call them right um in season 1 i vividly remember the one that so the the doctor when he when the doctors had when the doctors one had cut a ghoul it absorbed the blood and became slightly stronger that was my train of thought and that was my line of thinking about how if you consume ghouls you become stronger and i thought i noticed that Carnegie was getting stronger slightly. Now it could have just been, he was just accessing more of the strength he always had. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I just assumed given my line of thought, of course, that the more, the more ghouls you consumed, the more ability you had, but that, that comes back to, if you'll remember also season one, maybe it was because he was still part human when the gourmet was trying to eat him as he was eating the chick. Um, the other waitress came in, took a bite out of him, and all of a sudden could use her ability in the church. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, like she took a bite out of him. So from season one, yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're, you're talking about yeah. uh, uh, Toka taking a bite out of uh, Kaniki. Yeah. But does that count because he was a ghoul at that point? Well, I think it was, he was still because he's. Uh, he's half and half. He's half and half. It plays a different game on there for that. So, and, which is why I think like the same thing, right? It, it's he, he's able to kind of get away with it a little bit more than others because he is because he's not a pure ghoul, right? He's a hybrid, exactly. Okay. Um, what's interesting, also uh, referencing season one again, um, they had talked about uh, like the potential or or a rumor that a ghoul and a human had given birth to a and. Then they revisited that story and you found out it was actually the manager who was actually the per- basis for that rumor. Yeah, he made it and he survived and he was owl. <laughs> what I thought was kind of cool going to season two, I know realize we're jumping all over the place, but season two, you find out everyone in that, ca- in that cafe had a history of being a badass. Right? Like, straight. <laughs> it was funny because season one, you see like... Okay, you don't see the monkey. You don't at all. You don't. You don't see Monkey Man. Um, and well, no, you do. Oh, yeah, you do. You, you you see them, and you see the 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 girl, and they're lightly touched, and they're how they talk or everything like that. It's like lighthearted. Yeah, it's lighthearted, and it's like, well, you know, he keeps saying or re- referencing like gorillas or yeah. or everything like that, and and it's like, well, that's kind of weird, but whatever, you know, it's probably his quirk. You know, come to find out that those two, that they're both the leaders of rival gangs that supposedly hated each other and they just kind of like vanished into thin air, you know, until until the time that was needed. Exactly. And, and it's like Anteku, the Anteku coffee shop was like, uh, old gang leaders, uh, retirement plan. 
<laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, you well, come I mean, here, you retire, done killing, murdering, and everything like that, and uh, make some coffee. There you go. Well, if, you, if you think about it, it makes perfect sense why it was so peaceful. Right? They had the power to back it. Right. Anybody who's anybody would know, would recognize these people. Like, well, kind if, of. If, if you were to walk into a room where Stephen Hawking was making coffee, Bill Gates was the server, and Elon Musk was in the corner cleaning up. Are you going to make trouble there? These men, that 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 the people with that kind of influence could wreck you yeah. and everyone you know. So I mean, yeah. it, they don't have physical power, obviously, but. But in whereas in here they do, but like they had power that allowed them to have a semi-normal life and and have peace in this in this sanctuary, let's call it. Yeah. So that that's the only way I can kind of make a comparison <laughs> to the real world out here, you know? Yeah. What I found kind of curious is nobody actually once the gourmet knew how powerful everyone was in there and still came in and and caused a little bit of ruckus. But he was never quite sane to begin with. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh so yeah. you you touched on a, a, a point where in season one they mentioned that the ghoul with the rumored one eye a one-eyed ghoul is israel is superior to both human and ghoul right yeah what in your opinion would make more sense a natural born ghoul is stronger than a made ghoul my thought process was a natural born ghoul wouldn't necessarily have to consume humans in order to have access to their Carnegie or whatever you call it, because they had the blood in them to power it at all times. Whereas ghouls had to eat to be able to use their power. A converter, a conversion one would then, it's a one like our main character and, and like the ones with the, the, the twins and the doctor, those potentially would be superior in the sense that they could eat anything, which is why I was saying if he ate more ghouls, because he, he, He've almost fo- exclusively focused on ghoul and ghoul-related items. He didn't attack the people who were attacking him. He attacked their weapons. And then he consumed their weapons. He's like, it tastes like crap, but it's making me stronger. And that leads me to my, my the point that I completely forgot about, that I skipped on, that I was trying to bring up. Everyone, every ghoul has to eat people in order to use their power. He's eating ghouls to use his power. So maybe that means a fuel source does not necessarily have to be human for him. Right, but he when he's consuming the ghoul, mm-hmm. uh the armor rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm referring he's to. He's not in a right mental state. I mean, like you can tell he's actually lost his mind. His white eyes are whited out completely. Oh yeah, he went to berserk mode. Right, and he's completely lost his mind and he's was having trouble even maintaining his sanity. And this is kind of reflected when he starts losing his mind again toward, towards the end when he's getting ready to fight and he fights to maintain control of his sanity. And that's why that, that berserker quote unquote mode doesn't come out. It's because he's, when he's like that, he is in a complete state of insanity, which is why I'm saying if he eats ghouls, he's probably losing himself. Because he's when he when he lost his mind completely, it showed Riza and Jason basically pulling him down into a, a bloody depth. Yeah, I can see that. So I mean, like, and I think while he's in that psychotic state, so to speak, he is compelled to eat ghoul 
and the weapons that are made from ghoul because it's ghoul. Mm. But here's my question, right? All right. And and I have this uh I had this question since like season 1 and into season 2 it kind of showed that it can happen that you can actually grow or evolve your uh ghoul power. Like stages, like maturity. Right. But we've seen some like older ghouls and things like that who didn't have an evolved form. They just had like the one or whatever, right? But then you had the owl and you learn about the manager's background and it's like he just had the one thing and then it grew and and evolved and became what it is. Like how at like what point or duration or stress or what have you, like how does that evolution come? Like how do you actually actively grow your power and that's something that they never really explained or or explored they kind of showed you that it was happening showed you that it did happen showed you that it could be done but they only really showed it for the owl or, or for the manager yeah no i know what you're talking about it could be if they only showed it for the manager as you're saying it very well could be a a hybrid-esque thing which is why they have they're rumored to be more powerful because they have the ability to advance. But the manager's not a hybrid. The manager's just a ghoul. Mm. His daughter was a hybrid, right? Yes. But you don't find oh, out until yeah. the very end. So. <laughs> I'm going to go with an Ochiha thing here. It's uh, He loved too hard. And that his love and hatred mutated his something or other. Okay. So again, yeah. under a great emotional or, or stress, uh, causes it's possible, it yeah. to evolve or, or something. I don't know. I mean, I would love it makes to, sense. I mean, I mean, that's like, the there way is, they show it. There is a season three. So, and I watched them a season three and it sucks that what you're saying now kind of makes sense for what I know happens then. Yep. Despite the fact you haven't seen all of season three. Yeah, no, I stopped halfway through. Well, I stopped like three episodes in because I didn't like it. I didn't understand why. And with the way that you're saying it now, it, it puts a different perspective. And that different perspective makes, it brings a, a potential light of understanding. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I like talking to you, to be honest. Um, it's because I'm enlightened. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah let's call that. Uh, <laughs> Hey, 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 look. Just so you have a different perspective, and that different perspective happens to be right often. Not often. Maybe 50% hey. of the time. 50%. Fair, fair. But, you know, given, given, given that viewpoint, it makes sense why they went the way they went on season three. However, we'll talk about that hopefully a little bit later. Not this episode, of course. Of course. Um, but, God, man, if you ever, if we could ever have a best guy, and like have it be a permanent best guy. His best friend, thick and thin. He knew what was going on from season one. And my girl and I are watching season one. And you know, because after the very first attack, very first attack that his best friend was a part of, and he did everything he could to save. And he's like, I've got to eat you. I've got to eat it. And he say he of course was saved from that. But he comes to and he's like, Oh God, did I eat him? Oh no, did I eat my best friend? And then he goes, he's introduced to his best friend again, who's asleep, quote unquote. Dude rolls over and he's like, oh my God. And then he spills a bunch of information that a human should not know. And his buddy opened his eyes 
And you know, he heard everything. Oh yeah. He knows from the beginning what's going on. And then when he props, when he props up the manga that he's reading and talking about a secret organization and people rolling around in clown masks and whatnot. And you can see our main character go, Oh no. Oh no. He's like, but my, this manga is great. Like he knew. Oh yeah. And, and again, you know, like I was saying from, from season one, it's like he, he, knew right away we already knew that he knew right away because he yeah. opened his eyes and it's great and i love that they carried it over subtly into season yeah. two and everything and at every point it, it worked out to to the betterment of basically ken in yeah the, including in the end but yeah but <laughs> uh how they ended it was great seriously it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful ending. It was done really, really well. I am actually really, really happy with how they ended it too. I was as well. I was as well. And it just I you are correct. I did like how it didn't seem like the background characters were stagnant throughout the entire season one and season two. Nobody stood still, if that made any sense for yes. the, the the series. Yes. And they kept their quirks too. So like Shu. The blue hair psycho guy, you know, the one that's got <laughs> yep. a, a weird infatuation with uh, eating uh, people. Yeah, no, with uh, eating Ken specifically. Yeah, yeah, specifically eating Ken, and they kept that. They they kept that quirk. They kept that that uh, feeling. And even when he was in the bathroom, like like you remember, season one, long time ago, Ken Ken had blood on a handkerchief and she is just straight up huffing that same handkerchief in season two at a, at a random scene. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that dude's got problems. Oh, hardcore problems. But it, it, you're right. Yeah. And I felt it was also really great how you, when you were introduced to these three new characters, uh, end of season one, Juzo season two, the twins, you learn a background story about them and you, and it's not a big background story for the twins, but you learn Juzo's background story. Man, that's, that's kind of a screwed up background. They all are. Well, you don't know the twins background. No, what I mean is like any background you actually get, it's not a good one. (laughs) No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a a pretty messed up background, which, which I, I feel like adds to the, uh, it gives the, purpose. Yeah. It, it gives everyone a, a, a solid purpose. And the discussions that are had or made throughout, they're not pointless conversations. Yeah. No, it, it didn't just, they didn't have conversations for our benefit as the viewer. They had conversations that benefited more, if that makes any sense. Like if, if you were to write a play and you had person one talk to person two, in order to change person two's mind so that person two can talk to person four and five and change their mind, a domino effect of sorts. We got to see the beginnings of that. So it wasn't just a, oh, look, there is a lion. The lion will attack us. What shall we do? And all of a sudden, everyone knows the lion's going to attack. You're like, that's horrible writing. Whereas here, you could could see who knew what and where, and, and you got to see other people get this information, not necessarily real time, but you had our main character, our, our main character in this particular idea, if you will, progress through the story, and people are catching up 
like he he's introduced to other people who were not in the original conversation, and then he brings them up to speed, of course, in a much shorter fashion. But then it just writing like that, storytelling in that manner, it it seems much more organic, and it's much better to watch, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, I I actually agree with you completely. There, it it was the writing, how it's done, how the characters are laid out. It's it's done really really well. Uh, even the music, when the music is there, yeah, it's prominent yeah. when it needs to be. It's nice. It's it's it flows with the actual show. It's it it doesn't feel like it's it's kind of forced. It doesn't feel yeah. Forced it it at feels all. natural. Exactly. And what's really really cool. I don't know if you noticed, but every ending scene is different. I did. I did notice that, which is great. Did- and in one of the ending scenes, it's like they're watching a TV. And on that TV, it's what happened like an episode ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you uh, did you happen to watch? No, the ending scene. Are you talking about like after the credits? Because they no, had I'm, they, I'm talking they about the one. credits. There was only a couple of couple after credits scenes in season one. They were there the entire time. No, I'm not talking about season one. I'm oh. talking about season two. Oh, okay. No, I was going to say the, I, the, I was well, hoping we've been talking about. I know, but I, mean, I was like, hoping fuck. they'd pull that through. Look, I was hoping look, they'd, they'd pull those I little skits through, like three quarters of the through. Show, all right you missed the time traveling granddaughter uh, you know it happens it happens those vampire <laughs> hunters came out of nowhere at the left field they were so fast you just didn't see them you gotta watch it again I, if I you do. watch it again you'll understand where my point's coming hey, from excuse so. me while i go rewatch the whole series so i can point it out <laughs> this is an hour-long show what are you talking about it, we're, we're hour six and a half right <laughs> oh so. man Guys, no, just it, the way they did everything, and I, I absolutely loved the fact we were talking about how characters progress off screen. Characters progress independently of one another. The best friend, everything he did on screen, off screen, was to benefit his best friend to get better, to get more, to get to a point where he felt he would be accepted as his friend. He goes at the very end. He's like, "I don't care that you're a ghoul. I knew from the very beginning." I got goosebumps when I got that, yeah. when he was going through that. It was just like, wow, because the, the the voice actors in here are just spot freaking on in both the subbed and the dub. And yeah. it, it was it was heartfelt. It was, it was tear jerking almost. It was taste, tasteful. It was yeah, really, really tasteful. The thing that kicked me in the gut was the fact he was dying. And I loved the fact that at the end, it, Ken's insanity didn't win. He was like, you know what? This whole war, this whole thing that's going on, it's not worth my best friend's life. He's like, look, I'm the one you're going. He he picks up his best friend who's been sh- like bleeding everywhere, and it, they they end in the cafe, and it's just beautiful. And he picks him up and he takes him to to the people who wanted to kill Ken. He's like, look, I'll surrender. I'll do whatever you want. Just please save his life, please. And like it fades to white, and you're just like, mm. yep. So. On a scale of up to 10, sir, how would you rate this? As we said, writing, phenomenal. It answered many questions that I did not hope to get an answer for, that I was expecting to leave open-ended. It very had very good writing. It had very good dialogue. It had incredible animation. Like I didn't see a single point where I was thinking they skimped. Production value, top-notch. Voice actors, amazing. Story, beautiful. Standalone for season two would be a low score. But if you take season one and season two together, I can't do that because I already did season one. So season two standalone. Um, 
if you've already seen season one, it makes sense. If you have not seen season one, they did not do a recap, which is going to hurt the score a little bit. Um, not by much, though. I'm going to give it an eight. I think as as a standalone eight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to also go with the eight simply because it was really great, really well done. It was very tasteful. I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, definitely made me want to watch season three. And it still left me with some questions that I'm hoping to get that I'm hoping will get answered in in season three. Like what? And like what really happened to Ken? And obviously, I know he's still alive because there's a season three. But how they ended it, they didn't show him. They didn't show his hair. They just left it with a particular sound effect. Yeah. And I would I would like to know like how they're going to tie it all in, wrap it all up, and and kind of you know bring bring everything basically to a close because I think that's what basically season three will end up doing. It's just wrap everything up into a final closure. I hope. I hope as well. All right. So my choice for next week. Yeah. That's surprising. You choose Tokyo Ghoul season three. Yeah, actually I am. I am choosing. Oh, season- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm okay with that. I really am. Uh, so yeah, that's my choice for uh, next week. Tokyo Ghoul season three to wrap it up and uh, complete it. Make it all uh, nice and neat. <laughs> so I got a question. Do you, do you, uh, are you choosing Tokyo Ghoul season three? Because you want to see it, yes. After wanna, season two, like it's, yes. it's a, nice. That makes me feel good. I, that makes me feel really good. I'm glad that you liked it enough to to want to see season three rather than go through the automated "What's Life of Life We Want Today" uh, wheel. So, you mean the shows <laughs> that you love and rate some of the highest on? Yeah. You know what? I hated them at first. I hated them at first, but I do. Yeah, they, they are nice. I, I look forward to when you do stuff like that now. All right. So. That's all the time we have for today. Hope you enjoyed this week's choice. Uh, if you feel like we missed something, didn't uh, do it justice or anything like that, feel free to reach out to us. Featured anime podcast at gmail.com at those anime guys on Twitter, featured anime podcast on Facebook. You can also reach out to us on our Patreon feed uh, or on discord. We have a link for that. Patreon is patreon.com slash featured anime podcast for a dollar a month. You get access to bonus content. We talk before and after each show. Sometimes we even continue to talk about the anime even after we're done recording the episode. Just just ramble on about things that we we really want to hammer away at and talk about other things. Uh, just today we talked about uh, the Ring Fit Adventure, going to the gym, exercising, and uh, <laughs> how how Rick's usually late to the party when it comes to buying a console. Not uh, the truth, but. If that's uh, the kind of thing that you uh, really like, or you just want to show us some love, patreon.com featured anime podcast. And until next time, I'm Jack. And I'm Rick. And uh, hopefully we get to see you next time. Otherwise, we might have to hunt you down and eat your face. (laughs) Later. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.